Welcome to the Baking with House of Bread podcast. I am your host, Sheila McCann. Today we are going to talking about scones. And for years I've been telling customers when they ask what a scone is, that it is an English tea biscuit. And while that is true, I was surprised when I googled scone for this podcast episode, I learned that scones originated in guess which country? Scotland. I'm actually currently watching the last season of Outlander, which is a show on uh, on the on the internet, and, and it's set in Scotland. And it's interesting because I did see them make scones on a griddle in one of the scenes. Anyway, I do recommend this show for all the women listeners out there. Men may like it too, but it's kind of a women's version of the Game of Thrones with a lot less violence and kind of more of a love story. Anyway, according to Wikipedia, scones were first made on a griddle in Scotland. Then when baking powder was invented, the scones moved into the oven for baking. Now, baking powder is used to increase the volume and lighten the texture of baked goods. And how it works, it basically releases carbon dioxide gas into the dough, somewhat like what yeast does. But unlike yeast, it is an acid-based reaction and causes bubbles in the wet mixture to expand, thus leavening the mixture. And baking powder was invented in England in 1843. Now in America, scones are typically dry and flaky and they're baked on a sheet pan, but they don't taste dry. Rather, it's more of a description of the batter. So the batter is drier than, for example, like muffins or quick breads. And the scones should taste rich and creamy. And I believe the secret to a great scone is to use real butter and whole cream. Yes, it's all that fat that tastes so deliciously creamy in scones. Given scones are not traditionally sweet, you can make them sweeter with the add-ins that you add to it, or you can actually take the dough base and make it more savory by adding in savory items. And I'm going to give you a base recipe that will yield six average size scones. You can double the recipe and make a dozen scones. And I also found that if you make the scone dough and you leave half it in the refrigerator overnight, it really doesn't compromise the quality if you want to bake it off. Or if you're basically planning on like a big brunch the next morning and you want to get the scones done in advance, um, just make the dough batter and put it in the refrigerator. You will taste the difference if you bake them off and then try to serve them the next day. But when you just use the batter and bake it off, you can't hardly tell the difference. I'm also going to discuss flavoring options. And I recommend in the beginning that you use two separate bowls, for one for the dries and one for the wet ingredients. And then later on, I'm going to talk to you about a time-saving method that we use commercially, and it's called the well method. And as usual, I will include the recipe in the show notes, so don't have to worry about writing anything down. Okay, so we're going to start with the dries, and just use a bowl for this, a, a big enough bowl. Um, and it calls for four cups of a white pastry or all-purpose flour. Uh, you can use cake flour for this, too. I do prefer that you not use bread flour. Uh, because bread flour has a higher gluten content. And um, it's great for bread because that's what gives the bread, bread strength, right? 
but it's not so good in pastries. And the reason why, because if you develop the gluten, it's going to be tougher. And I don't want to have a tough scone or muffin or whatever. And I talk a lot more about flowers in episode one, if you want to learn more about the different flowers and why to use them. And you can also substitute about 25% or one cup of like a whole wheat flour or spelt flour or oat flour. And um, I don't recommend going too much beyond that. Um, well, you can, but what's going to happen, you're going to compromise the texture a bit and it just won't be as flaky. Okay, then a third of a cup of granulated sugar. Now, if you want to reduce the amount of sugar for whatever dietary reasons or taste, you sure can, but you want to compensate with the flour. So, for example, you want to eliminate the third cup of sugar, well, then um, you might want to reduce a third cup of the flour so you have the right texture in the final product. And as much as I love honey, I don't like it in scones. It just doesn't mix in very well, and it, it's really too sweet. And if you want to use a liquid sweetener, such as honey or maple syrup, agave, then I would add it in at the, with the wets. Um, I just like a little bit of sweetness in the scones um, that you can't really taste. Um, it really should be something where you, when you bite into the scone, you've got that buttery rich flavor should be the first thing you taste or how I put it is like, that's your flavor forward. Um, and then maybe the add-ins. And you could also just use plain scones. Um, I, I like plain scones, actually, because then I can put butter or jam on them um, later. Okay, so then you add a one, and, one tablespoon and one teaspoon of baking powder and one and a half teaspoons of salt. And it can be any kind of salt, just not a real coarse salt because it will be too flavor intensive in the, in the big kernels of the coarse salt. And that's really like the kosher salt. Sometimes that's a little bit more on the coarse side. Okay, so then you take the, you mix basically the flour, sugar, baking powder, and salt in a large mixing bowl, and then you set it aside. And I do recommend doing the dries first. And the reason why is I don't want uh, the butter getting closer to room temperature. And so just like in pie crusts, the cold butter allows for a flakier crust. And what happens in the baking process, it basically creates steam from the cold butter. Um, it, that will create a pocket, and in those pockets, well, that's otherwise known as the flakiness that you get in the final pastry. So you want to cut the cold butter into like pea-sized crumbles. So we used to use just use the, the dough chopper on the table, and so we would chop it up, and, and you can also use a knife. And now what we've gone to, we found out this is a little bit quicker, we used to use a cheese grater. So it's one of those four-sided cheese graters, and we use the bigger whole side, so it's, it's, well, it's about the size of a small pea. And then we grate in the butter with the dries. And if you have a pie cutter, that will work too. Uh, and for like a very large batch, you can use a food processor to chop the butter up. At any rate, you put the butter in with the dries and you mix it up. And I like to use my hands at this stage. Um, I honestly think your hands are your best tools, first of all. And second of all, It'll allow you to feel if there's bigger chunks of butter. And then what you do is you just kind of smear the, the bigger chunks of butter between your finger and your thumbs and to make them a little bit smaller, basically. Okay, so if you're going to add in nuts, raisins, chocolate chips, dried cranberries, do so now after the butter has been mixed in. But you do not want to add any frozen items um, because at this stage, what you're going to end up with is it's going to be the same color of the berry. 
Um, what happens is, is basically the berries start to melt and then it turns the dough into that color too. And so we run into this problem in the bakery quite often um, where it was like a, a blue blueberry scone. Um, and I don't really like the look of it. I want a white backdrop and then the blueberries stand out more so. And the same thing with raspberry scones. So we did solve this issue by adding in the frozen berries at the very end. So after the wets and dries are incorporated, then we sort of fold in these frozen berries. And I also told my bakers, don't pull out the berries or raspberries, whatever you're going to use that's frozen in the beginning. And wait until they just need them. They're going to plan on adding them. And the reason why, because they'll start to melt. Um, and then they get a liquid, and then the liquid turns the batter that color, whatever it is. So they now just reach into the freezer right when they're ready to add it. Okay, so then you take your wets, and you can use a separate bowl for, for this, or you can just use a pitcher. Okay, it's five eggs, and then three quarters a cup of heavy cream. Now you can use half and half, or regular milk. The scones just aren't going to taste as rich. And at House of Bread, we do use whole cream. But if you know, like I said, like if you're on a diet or, you know, whatever, if you want to use skim milk, it doesn't really matter a whole lot. Just, just remember, it will compromise the flavor a little bit. Okay, so you mix the creams and eggs together. Now, I like to use a whisk, but you can also use like a fork or even a spoon. You just got to make sure the egg breaks up, right? So when you mix it in with the cream, so it's like one consistent color throughout. And there's really no danger of overmixing at this stage because you haven't activated the leavening agent of the baking powder. That's in the dries, right? Now, if you're adding liquid flavorings such as vanilla or lemon extract or orange extract, um, that's when you want to do it right now in there with the liquids. And then you pour the creamy mixture into the dries and you mix it until it's lightly combined. Okay, so there is a danger of overmixing at this stage. Um, and that's why we mix the wets thoroughly, we mix the dries thoroughly, and then we mix them until they're incorporated and stop. Okay, so it's not a yeasted product. We don't need to develop gluten development. In fact, we don't want to. We don't want tough items, right? So just mix it until it's incorporated and stop. And then if you're going to do anything frozen, now fold those in. In the final dough, it, it's a stiffer dough. It's like a biscuit dough. And if you end up with like some extra flour that's in the bottom of the bowl that doesn't seem to be incorporated in there with the scones very easily, just pour a little bit more milk in. And I mean like, you know, whatever, like a, a tablespoon or something like that. And then it should mop up the rest of that flour. And, and you don't want to go too overboard with any liquids because really if it's too wet, what happens is, is that when you go to bake the scone, it starts spreading. It kind of spreads like a cookie out. And that's when you know that your dough is too wet. Okay, so we used to use the drop method um, to make individual scones. And so we have an ice cream scooper. Same thing we scoop out for the, the muffins, the muffin tins. And so we take the ice cream scooper and then we just scoop out the batter and then put it on a sheet pan that was lined with parchment paper and just bake them off. So now we take the mixture, we put it, the whole entire mixture, we basically dump it on the table. We have a big dividing table. And it doesn't really matter if you want to use just your countertops fine or table, whatever you want to use. And we make it uh, a disc shape, so it's round. If you kind of think of like a Frisbee, I mean, that's kind of what it looks like. And it's about probably as thick. It's about an inch and a half um, thick around. 
And you just want to make sure it's consistent and so that you don't want to have an inch thick here and, and two inches over there because it, it'll bake at different times. So, um, yeah, so just, and then you want to cut them up about the same size too, so for the same reason, because if they're the same size, they'll bake at the same amount of time. And so what we do when we get that Frisbee-looking disc-shaped scone mixture, um, you just cut it from like, take to the top to the bottom and to the side to so do a complete cross on the whole thing and then cut again on each side so that you get um so it'll be six pieces like a pie shape type of thing and that's about the size of it but it kind of looks like a well like a piece of pie about as wide as that and um, but like i said you can make it any size you want if you want to make it more like you know hors d'oeuvre size scones or if you're doing a big brunch and you want to have mini scones just make them smaller it's fine and if you don't have parchment paper then just spray the bottom of your sheet pan pretty liberally with a nonstick spray. And we used to also egg wash the scones before baking. And the egg wash gives a nice sheen to the scones, but I made the decision that the scones look just fine without the egg wash. And quite frankly, they sold the same. And it's just one less step in production. However, at home, feel free to egg wash if you'd like. And the egg wash, it's just basically one egg and you take about a tablespoon of water or so and you mix it up and then you literally just brush it on top. And we also evolved, we use now what's called the well method. And so we mix the drys first and add in the butter, right? And then we move the whole entire mixture to the sides of the bowl so the middle is empty. And that's where we drop in the five eggs and the milk. And then we just take a fork and basically we break the egg yolks in there with the milk and mix it. And then we start folding in the dries in there with the well. So it's in, it's all incorporated in just one big mixture in that one bowl. And the only reason why basically it saves time and you just have one less bowl to clean up. So if you're gonna make like a normal size scone, um, this recipe will yield six of them and they're gonna bake from anywhere from 20 to 25 minutes in a 350 degree oven. And I can tell if the scones are done, it's basically what you want to do is focus on the top middle portion of the scone. And the reason you're focusing on that area of the scone, because it's going to be done around the edges. If it's going to be under bake, it's going to be on the top and the middle. So you, you look at that portion of the scone and basically just kind of take your thumb and pull up on it. Um, and if it flakes, then it's done. If it's more of a batter consistency, then you need to bake it a little bit longer. So just put it in for a couple more minutes and then do it again. And also you may want to avoid using the bottom shelf of your oven and because they could burn the bottom. And if you have no choice because you double the batch, then I would suggest using two sheets for the bottom rack of scones. And why I know this? <laughs> because recently I was at my niece's wedding and I burnt the bottom of the scones <laughs> that were on the bottom of the shelf. It didn't really look good for like the bakery owner to have burnt bottoms on the scones. But no one knew it. You know why? Because basically I just cut the bottom part out. And it really wasn't that big of a deal. But this is just one example of why it's almost easier to bake commercially because everything's designed around it. And the oven, it doesn't have a bottom shelf. It rotates. So you're not going to burn like that. Okay, so your suggestions for add-ins. And keep in mind, these are just suggestions. And so you can play around with it um, to whatever flavors you like, and but try to keep the amounts about the same. So if it's one and a half cups, then try to stick to like one and a half cups of whatever you want to substitute. Okay, so cinnamon peach, we use one and a half 
cups of peaches. And if you're using canned peaches, you really want to drain them really well. I don't want any extra liquid in the, in the batter. And then we add uh, one and a half teaspoons of cinnamon. And so it doesn't really matter when you would add the peaches so much, you know, I probably would do it at the end, but the cinnamon should go in there with the dries. Okay, we also do a vanilla raisin scone. And we add the vanilla extract in there with the eggs and milk. So it's added into the wet. And it's two tablespoons of the vanilla and it's one and a half cups of raisins. And then we do berry scones. We do blackberry, blueberry, raspberry, um, and you can mix it up and do a mixed berry scone if you like but put in there one and a half cups of fruit. So it has to equal one and a half cups of fruit. So if you want to do two different berries, um, just use three quarters of a cup each. Or if you want to do all three berries, like a tri-berry scone, it would be a half a cup each for one and a half cups total. And if you're going to do frozen berries, then make sure you do that at the very end. So after you mix the wet and the dries and then add it in. Okay, cranberry orange white chocolate. So it's one cup of dried cranberries. You can also use fresh and one cup of white chocolate chips. And we use a half a cup of orange juice. And um, if you have an orange extract, you could use that too, but just use a lot, lot less. So it'd be like um, two tablespoons, about the same amount as a vanilla. And it's a half cup of orange juice. And what you want to remember is just take out half cup of the cream and then put it in there with the wets. And you can also throw in like a half a cup of pecans too. And then our number one selling scone at House of Bread is white chocolate chip pecan. And in that portion, we do a cup of white chocolate chips and a cup of nuts. And this happens to be my favorite scone. Okay, so for savory versions, we do a bacon cheddar chive. And that's a, it's a half a cup of bacon that we cut up. And really, that's about like, depends on the type of bacon you're using, how big it is. But generally, it's about, oh, it's about four strips. Um, and it's more bite-sized, and then we add a half a cup of cheddar cheese, either shredded or chunks, and then two tablespoons of chives. Now, I like the look of chives, but you can also use onions. And then we also do a bacon cheddar uh, jalapeno, and that's same portions, half a cup of bacon, half a cup of cheddar cheese, and then two tablespoons of dried jalapenos, or excuse me, not dried, but diced jalapenos. And if you're a real jalapeno lover like I am, you actually can double the amount of jalapenos. And that's really what's fun about home baking. You get to bake your own taste buds. But I wouldn't go too much further than that because what's going to happen is then that's all you taste is the jalapeno. <laughs> you don't really get to taste the, the rich creaminess of the cream and the butter. And, and yeah, so it's just, it can overpower it. And I do like cheddar cheese because... Um, Really, it's more about the look of it. So you could use Swiss or provolone or jack cheese, um, but it it's just white. And so the cheddar's got a lot more color and so it stands out. Um, and people tend to buy with their eyes first. Okay, so now I'm going to talk about a different version. We call it the tart. And so we make a whole tart and then we'll sell individual pieces. So we use the same scone base. And then after we get it into that disc shape, what we do is we don't cut it. So it's kind of like a, a flat pie. Um, and what we do is we add in like the fruit, like we would add like one and a half cups of fruit to the very middle. You don't want to spread the fruit around. So you kind of just leave it um, in the middle 
And so it adds in about, oh, I don't know, it's about probably three quarters of an inch high. And then we will cut up either a pear, an apple, or a peach, and then we fan it out on the edges of the pie shape or the disc. And the berries in the middle, you can use frozen or fresh. It doesn't really matter. But I will tell you that the piece of fruit that you use, it it's a lot looks a lot better when it's fresh. And so you just want to cut it very thinly and then fan it out. And since it's one done in one large mass, it's going to take longer to bake, roughly about 10 to 15 minutes more. Okay, thanks for listening, everybody. And if you'd like to connect with me or House of Bread or download the recipe book or, or take a baking class, I do have an online baking class on muffins and scones, then please check out the links in the show notes. Until next time, happy baking. <laughs>